When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And not just the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarah Dowdy. And I'm Dublina Chakraborty. And so, Dublina, while you were on your maternity leave, as you know, I did a few episodes with co-hosts. And the very first one I did was with Jonathan Strickland of Tech Stuff. And when we were trying to figure out a topic, he threw out the idea of number stations. And I don't know, have you had you ever heard of number stations before? Not until this. Not until this. So I hadn't either. I think Tech Stuff, he and Chris actually did an episode on them. But they are shortwave radio stations that broadcast a sequence of numbers or sometimes a sequence of letters or words interspersed with little clips of music. And they appeared, and people aren't quite sure when they appeared, but probably sometime not long after World War II, they were used for spy communications, most likely. Some are still active today. They're really creepy sounding. Uh, Dublin and I listened to a few before this. They sound like creepy kids' music almost, and maybe I just think this because I've listened to a lot of kids' music lately, but... (laughs) You know, sort of the automatic, the music that comes on when you have one of those little kids vibrating chairs or whatever. And then maybe the key would change and it Mm -hmm. would get creepy. Yeah, they are kind of like that. I I couldn't find a clip like this to send you, but some of them even have children reading the numbers, which adds to the creepiness. But anyway, Jonathan and I talked about that a little bit, decided not to do the episode on that specifically. But I did go out searching for some of these number stations to, to listen to them. And after listening to some of those broadcasts, 
It reminded me of another wartime radio-related topic and a listener suggestion, Tokyo Rose, who is, of course, the English-language voice of Japanese propaganda during World War II. There were a number of these radio personalities during the war, basically English-speaking broadcasters who were based in Axis territory, and they aimed at demoralizing Allied troops with a number of things, including things to make them homesick, grim or fabricated battle reports and predictions, and also plenty of pop music that was the thing that kept the soldiers listening in the first place. Yeah, they're kind of a strange combination of that, really, because... They needed something for the soldiers to tune in. And part of that was the the homesick part, too. A lot of times the announcers would be familiar-sounding female voices that reminded them of home. But in most cases, the the names of these people, I mean, there's Axis Sally, there's Lord Haw Haw, there's Sinister Sam. In most cases, the name was just really an allied nickname. It was not a real person. It was for a series of these anonymous broadcasters. And in Tokyo Rose's case, there were probably actually about 20 or more than 20 women broadcasting Japanese propaganda in the Pacific, some under real DJ names like Orphan Anne. Uh, troops imagined that these generic Tokyo Roses were seductresses, taunting them and making them miss home at the same time. Sometimes there would be crazy rumors about who the real Tokyo Rose was. Maybe she was General Tojo's mistress. Maybe she was a hula dancer. She could have even been Amelia Earhart. That's my I mean, favorite these were just, <laughs> I know, those were some of the rumors going around. Gotta be Amelia, right? Um, but most of these generic broadcaster names did have real people behind them, uh, or at least one individual who would finally be named, including Axis Sally and Lord Ha Ha. Uh, for Lord Ha Ha, it's William Joyce, a guy who was eventually executed for treason for Axis Sally. It's usually a woman named Mildred Gillers who did end up doing some prison time for treason. And Tokyo Rose is the same way. And because today's topic, of course, focuses on her, we're going to start with a clip from a Tokyo Rose herself introducing her own radio program before we kick off our podcast. Greetings, everybody. This is your number one enemy, your favorite playmate, Orphan Anne, a radio token. The little sunbeam whose throat you like to touch. We're ready again for a vicious assault on your morale. Seven five minutes of music and news. So the Tokyo Rose you just heard with the DJ name Orphan Anne is actually our lady of the day, the person we're going to talk about. You might already be able to tell, but she didn't really fit the mold of the other Tokyo Roses that we described earlier. For one thing, she had a comic voice rather than a seductive one, and she delivered these really funny, over-the-top kind of blows to morale rather than the real crushing news or the jabs that people had come to expect from the other Tokyo Roses. She did. Just an example of this saying that she was going to deliver a vicious assault on your morale before going on to say, quote, I know what you need is some jive. It helps you relax. And then playing, I don't want to go to work. It doesn't really come across as a very vicious assault on your morale. It's kind of funny. But out of all of the 20 plus Tokyo Roses who are known to have broadcast to allied troops in the Pacific, it was this Rose, Orphan Anne, also known as Iva Ikuko Tuguri Dequino, who was tried and convicted of treason for her wartime work. 
Obviously, she was a scapegoat. She was the face, if not actually the voice, of a wartime enemy, a a wartime enemy who became a much hated one, especially after the war was over. And she even later told CBS News herself, quote, I suppose they found someone and got the job done. They were all satisfied. It was eeny, meeny, miny, and I was mo." How she got to be Mo, though, is truly surprising and involved wartime desperation, unscrupulous journalism, Cold War posturing, and a truly, truly ill-timed vacation. So we're going to go into that a little bit. But first, we want to start with giving you a little background on Iva. She was a Nisei, which was basically a second-generation Japanese immigrant. And she'd been born on the 4th of July in 1916 in Los Angeles. And since her parents and her older brother had been born in Japan, they couldn't become American citizens. However, they were there seemed to be at least a pretty quintessentially all-American household. They lived, for example, in a mostly white neighborhood rather than a Japanese community. They attended Methodist church and the kids went to public school. Iva and her brother both grew up speaking English and they helped their father with his store and import business. And Iva hiked, played tennis, was really popular with her classmates and loved swing dancing. So Definitely seems like an all-American girl. All-American girl. girl. And according to Women in World History Encyclopedia, Iva even said later that she never really felt discriminated against growing up, something that was quite common, unfortunately, for many other Japanese Americans uh, before and after the war, of course. But in 1941, Iva graduated from UCLA, and she started taking some graduate classes. She was thinking of, of going on to med school. But in the summer of 1941, so shortly after, after her graduation, her sickly Japanese aunt invited her to visit the home country and care for her for, for a time. Iva didn't have a passport, but that actually wasn't a problem at the time. She got a certificate of identification from the State Department. She packed her bags with chocolate and coffee and canned meats because she hated Japanese food. She didn't even like to eat rice. So she was preparing for what was clearly going to be a relatively short summer trip. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! 
Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When she left in July, too, of course, the U.S. and Japan were not yet at war, (laughs) a crucial point in this scenario. And they weren't at war when she applied for her passport home in September either. But as the State Department processed her application, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, and suddenly American-born Ivo was stuck in enemy territory. So she soon found her position got even worse. She could only be evacuated as a citizen through India, something that cost more than $400 and was well beyond her means. After that, she tried to get the Japanese authorities to detain her as an American national, which they refused to do since she was of Japanese descent. But she also refused to renounce her American citizenship and declare herself Japanese, a route that about 10,000 other people like her took in Japan. And this decision made her immensely suspicious to Japanese authorities who suspected that she was an American spy and they would search her aunt's home repeatedly until Iva finally moved out. So this is her situation in Japan, wartime Japan. She's unable to return to the U.S. She's unable to be an official foreign national and be kept in custody as such. She's unwilling to become a Japanese citizen. Plus, she gets no ration card because she's an enemy alien. So... (laughs) Not a great situation to be in. She obviously needs to find work. And she doesn't even have a great command of Japanese. She She's taking language classes, but she's not particularly fluent. Finally, she finds work as a typist at the Domain News Agency. Um, but just a bad time. She's not making very much money at all. The food rationing card problem is pretty major because she's suffering from nutritional deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies. She's at one point hospitalized with scurvy and beriberi. 
1943, she gets a second job, which must have seemed like a real blessing at the time. It's at Radio Tokyo, uh, also a, a typing job. And Radio Tokyo is an interesting place for her to wind up because there were several allied prisoner of war broadcasters based there. And so she did what she could for her fellow Americans, these, these POWs and other allied POWs, you know, helping them with food when, when she could get it, helping get them some clothes, just doing her best for her, for her fellow allies. This action ultimately earned her the trust of a guy named Charles H. Cousins, who was an Australian broadcaster who'd been captured in Singapore and forced to broadcast propaganda in Japan. And just a side note here, according to the Washington Post, he made a deal with his captors where he would read, um, he'd read the script of, of propaganda messages, but he also convinced them to allow him to read POW names, uh, because he thought it would serve their purposes still. These are the guys we've captured. But it would also help the Allies, help their families know who was who wasn't dead. They were they were just in custody. And Cousins, along with American POW Major Wallace Ince and Filipino POW Lieutenant Norman Reyes, had gotten permission to start a new propaganda show, which was called Zero Hour, though their plan here was actually to subvert the Japanese message, basically to make the program a joke, but one that the Japanese censors weren't quite in on. And they chose Iva with this purpose in mind. Cousins later said, quote, With the idea that I had in mind of making a complete burlesque of the program, her voice was just what I wanted, rough. I hope I can say this without offense. A voice that I have described as a gin fog voice. It was rough, almost masculine, anything but a femininely seductive voice. It was a comedy voice that I needed for this particular job. So let's take another listen to her. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's all for now, enemies, but there'll be more of the same tomorrow night. Until then, this is Orphan Ann, your number one enemy, reminding you G.I.s always to be good. Goodbye now. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! 
Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com where travels come true. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. So even if you exclude the true subversive intent of Zero Hour, it's important to note Iva's role was that of a DJ. She introduced pop songs, joking that she was the GI's number one enemy. It's all very lighthearted sort of stuff. And I really like her voice, by the way. It's (laughs) interesting sounding. But the program was considered successful enough by the Japanese, too. I mean, they weren't picking up that this whole thing seemed a little bit subversive. Um, it, It was successful enough that they wouldn't let her leave the job, even though she attempted to do that several times. By April 1945, she converted to Roman Catholicism and married one of her Radio Tokyo co-workers, a guy named Philippe D'Aquino, who was a half-Japanese, half-Portuguese uh, worker at, at the same place and, and had Portuguese citizenship, too. And both of them eventually did leave their jobs at Radio Tokyo when it became, when their clear pro-allied sympathies just became a little bit too controversial for them to keep on working in propaganda officially. And just a few months after their marriage, the war was over. And really, Ivan and her husband probably could have just slipped back quietly into their pre-war lives at this point, except that Iva was contacted by two journalists, a guy named Harry Brundage and a guy named Clark Lee. And she was overly welcoming to them, in part because she was happy. She greeted the the Americans as, as her friends and her fellow countrymen. She saw these guys as, as Americans she could talk to finally. It was a good time. She wanted to share her story. She wanted to talk about her wartime work. She freely admitted that she was a Tokyo Rose. But the reporters didn't publish her story as this patriotic tale of subversion. Like, we made zero hour, and it was really to thwart the Japanese message. They published it as a confession, the confession of Tokyo Rose. 
they didn't pay her the $2,000 that they promised for the scoop. That was another motive for her talking to them, clearly, after all this wartime deprivation. And she had no idea that, one thing, the story would be manipulated that way, but also that it might get her in some serious trouble. And it wasn't long before the FBI was in Tokyo to investigate her, and she wound up imprisoned for a year. During that investigation, the FBI listened to recordings of her program. They also interviewed hundreds of GIs who had heard her show and examined Japanese documents. And ultimately, they decided there was no case here. She had just been a DJ reading bits written by major cousins. After her release from prison, though, she got pregnant. And she and her husband began petitioning to return to the States because they really wanted their child to be born at home. Brundage, who was angry over losing his original scoop here, started to write about her again, as did Walter Winchell, a media personality. And the two of them, they stirred up some outrage here. Veterans groups like the American Legion were quick to ID Iva as the Tokyo Rose, not just a Tokyo Rose. She was basically to them a compilation of every anti-American voice they had heard during the war. And they petitioned the Justice Department for her prosecution. So Iva and Philippe's child ended up being stillborn, but by that point, she was going to be returning to the United States regardless. And even though the earlier investigation had shown that there was nothing to charge her with, the prosecution would look good to the administration during an election year, especially because President Truman was criticized at this point for being too soft on communism, too soft on anything that was un-American. J. Edgar Hoover was in favor of prosecuting her. So it seemed like a good move politically to, to go after this woman. But while the FBI had already interviewed hundreds of servicemen, and most of them had said, if anything, her program was morale boosting. They liked it. It was funny. It was nice to hear a familiar voice. The Justice Department put out a press release asking for others to come forward, anybody who could identify her voice as as that of one they had heard in the Pacific. They also sent Brundage, and this is really surprising to me since it seems like he would have a lot of interests involved in the story by this point, which he did, uh, they sent him to Japan to find some other witnesses, people who had seen her broadcasting. Uh, one of his witnesses, he finds, ends up uh, committing perjury. <laughs> He's responsible for it. So clearly he was not a good, chan- uh, good choice to send to Japan after all. But finally, in September 1948, she was indicted on several counts of treason and escorted by the military back to the United States. So what is the seven years after she left on this ill-fated trip? She finally is coming home, but to be met with FBI agents when she arrives. Right. And the trial, which started in July 1949, went on at the same time as the Alger Hiss case, which I think you guys discussed while I was gone. Ben and I discussed it during the the McCarthyism episode. And um, I was, Dublina and I were just chatting before this. You always see the Alger Hiss trial mentioned in the lead up to McCarthyism. I have never seen this one (laughs) mentioned. I mean, it's not about spies and communism, but it's clearly in the same vein. So for Iva's case, 19 witnesses from Japan were basically put up in style and they testified to seeing her broadcast. Ironically, many of these who testified against her were Nisei who had renounced their citizenship during the war. Unlike her. Right. 
And Iva was defended by Wayne Collins, supported by colleagues like Cousins, and had evidence that she had indeed helped American POWs during the war. Still, she was convicted on one count for supposedly saying, quote, Orphans of the Pacific, you are really orphans now. How will you get home now that your ships are sunk? Yet this had aired right after an Allied victory, so there's the possibility that maybe this was a joke at the false nature of propaganda programs. If she said it at all. (laughs) If she really said it. But ultimately, she was convicted as if she had said it. And according to the FBI, she was only the seventh person convicted of treason in U.S. history. And this really gets crazier when you hear what the jury foreman had to say. He later admitted that they'd wanted to find her not guilty. They had deliberated for a very, very long time. They wanted to find her not guilty, but they felt that it countered the judge's instructions and his comments about how this trial had been really expensive and they needed to figure something out. It had cost half a million dollars for the government. So the jury had come to the conclusion, all right, we kind of want to find her not guilty, but we don't want to disobey the judge. That's always a bad thing if the jury's thinking that and decided that they would find her guilty on the most minor of the treason charges uh, and hoped that that would mean she would get off her time served already. You know, she'd already been in jail for about two years at this point. Instead, though, the judge sentenced her to 10 years prison time and a $10,000 fine, which horrified the jury. She ultimately served seven years of that time in West Virginia before she was finally released in 1956. When she was released, though, the government threatened her with deportation. She successfully argued that this was an impossibility, a legal impossibility, because she could not be deported if she was a U.S. citizen. How could she be convicted of treason if she was not a U.S. citizen? It didn't work out. So they agreed, okay, you can stay in the U.S. But instead, they just treated her as a stateless person, basically forbidding her to travel outside of the U.S., something that made her married life impossible since they'd also banned her husband from entering the country. So although she and her husband didn't ever divorce, they also weren't ever able to see each other again which is maybe the saddest part of this already really sad story. Uh, Finally, she moved to Chicago, which is where her father had settled and built up his import business. He was pretty well off by this point. She was ultimately pardoned by Gerald Ford in 1977. Um, One of the reasons why it took so long for that pardon is she didn't really have the support of the Japanese-American community for quite some time. Um, People really saw her as as a disgrace, not looking at the intricacies of her story and how she had really been kind of of a model American in an in a um, enemy country during wartime, um, but by the second generation, by t- by the time it got to the folks who were looking for reparations for Japanese internment, uh, her case took hold of people again, and and folks wanted some sort of justice for her. According to her Washington Post obit, and this was the part that kind of brought tears to my eyes, she was regretful that her pardon came shortly after her father's death, and. She said that he'd always told her, quote, you were like a tiger. You never changed your stripes. You stayed American through and through. So this is something that's really sad to hear since he and the rest of her family had been forcibly moved to an Arizona internment camp during the war. So they had also suffered. Yeah, that they were also patriotic. And and yeah. that was something she 
didn't know too during her time in Japan. You know, when she when she would not accept Japanese citizenship, she didn't realize that her family had been deported by that point.、Uh, so she died in 2006 at the age of 90 after many years of running the business successfully.、Uh, her obituary also mentioned things like she liked attending the Chicago Lyric Opera. She liked quilting. She kept a pretty low profile life. Uh, as as one would expect from so many bad experiences with these with these interviews, her biographer Masayo Dust said that her case was quote one of the most egregious miscarriages of justice in American legal history, and.、Um, One thing, I mean, there there are so many sad points, especially at the at the end here. But one thing that really got to me, I realized that the clips, the clips that we've actually played, are reenactments, and they're from very shortly after the war. And you can、uh, see video of her of her doing them. You know, she's in the studio, she's got the microphone. There's a guy putting a, a LP <laughs> on the turntable when she cues in the song,、um, because of course there aren't.、Uh, Really, records of the broadcast. I think there is one、uh, record of a zero-hour broadcast, but most of those FBI files had been destroyed when they decided first go round that she there was no case against her; she couldn't be prosecuted.、Right. So these were reenactments. She had done these thinking this was a totally okay thing to do. Otherwise, why would you reenact your your time as Tokyo Rose or or Orphan Anne? She thought it was going to be okay. And it wasn't. No, it clearly not. Turned out not to be. Okay, listener mail time. So, Tablina, I mean, I think this one is is really probably for you, but it's a very cute email. It's from listener Zara from Quebec, and she wrote to say, "Hi, I started listening to both of your podcasts." She wrote to mom stuff too, by the way. Started listening to both of your podcasts back in 2010 on the recommendation from my husband, who was a truck driver at the time. I gave birth to a baby boy last year in September, and during the pregnancy, I finished listening to all the podcasts from Mom Stuff. I finished History Stuff a while before. Well, wouldn't you guess when he's restless in the car, I can put on either of your podcasts, and he calms down long enough to reach home. She listens to a few other How Stuff Works podcasts too, which, while she enjoys them. It sounds like they don't have quite the same effect on the baby. <laughs> so she wrote, "During the last year, I listened to you in the car, at home, and at work. Thanks for all the interesting podcasts, and I hope we'll hear you for a long while yet." So a very fun note. She also had some baby tips for Dublina. You know. Sharing, sharing the info. I appreciate that. I don't think I can use the podcast thing. No, <laughs> in the car. It's just mom talking. It's、again. just mom talking, and it doesn't work on her. My talking to her in the car doesn't calm her restlessness <laughs> while we're driving. So, I don't know. Maybe Kristen Conger would help. Maybe. Oh, well, I, I should just say, try a different voice. Because if if you got tired of talking and your voice did help, you could just pop in a podcast, and she would just think you were talking to her. If only that worked. Oh wow! Well. <laughs> well, I'm glad it does work for somebody. This is another thing you can add: calming babies, scaring bears, all sorts of interesting things that our voices do for the world. <laughs> If you know of any other uses, or maybe you just have some parenting tips for me that you'd like to pass along, <laughs> long I welcome them.、Uh, you can write to us. We're at History Podcast at Discovery dot com, or you can look us up on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. 
And we also have something that's somewhat tied to this really fascinating and tragic subject that we talked about today. It's, did the United States put its own citizens in concentration camps during World War II? I think, you know, from the podcast, the answer is yes. But, of course, it goes into a lot more detail than that. So you can search for that one on our homepage at www.howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. 